Hey, this is Dave Pryor for projectmanagement.com. I've got an interview tonight I'm very excited to do. I was at the Digital PM Summit in Memphis two weeks ago, I think it was. Um, and this was the sixth time they held the summit. And um, if you've not been, it's it's an incredibly inspiring event. And I like going just because for me, it's more about the way people think about different things than the actual practice of project management. So I learn a lot just from hearing people talk. And one of the most inspiring moments for me this year was hearing Abby Fretz talk. And Abby, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so um, you gave a talk that just seeing the stuff you had on the screen and hearing you talk about it, I feel like somebody smacked me in the face and in a good way. But <laughs> just it was so insightful how you were talking about the relationships between project managers and clients. Um, that's kind of the thing I was hoping we could dig into. But before we do that, can you tell folks who you are, kind of what your background is? So um, I got into project management about 12 years ago um, via event planning. I was an event planner doing huge events in the city of Philadelphia um, and just really kind of burned out in that field. But there was a lot that I loved about it, planning um, around budgets and timelines and, and client parameters. Um, and so a lot of that really translated very directly to digital project management. Um, I started out working for a geospatial software design company. Um, they did a lot of, built a lot of software around maps and map data, big data, um, and crunching location-based data. Um, I became GIS certified, which is geographic information systems certified. Basically, I know how to make maps using software. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was brilliantly fun. Um, but really, and I, and I love maps, but, um, I definitely, um, I worked there for about six years and then wanted to try something else. Um, so moved into digital project management, um, in the web, web design space, um, and have been working in that space ever since. Okay. And, and now you're doing some additional stuff for our friends in Canada. I am indeed. So um, I am a trainer for Louder Than Tens um, DPM, a digital project manager apprenticeship program. Okay. And so can you give like a quick overview of that? Because that, I mean, the, that Louder Than Ten is amazing. And I think the apprenticeship program, I'm not aware of anything else like that that exists anywhere in the space that we work in. So can you give like a quick highlight of what that is or how it works? Absolutely. So um, that program, it's a one-year training program. Um, essentially, louder than 10, uh, Rachel and Travis Gertz um, kind of recognized that digital project managers don't often get into their jobs um, directly out of a program. They haven't been, they haven't gone through formal education in that space. There really, there really aren't a whole lot of options for digital project managers um, to to kind of go through schooling and actually get a really solid base in what it takes to run digital projects. Um, and a lot of people just learn on the job, they're thrown into it. Um, and so they recognized that there was this need for for training. Um, so they work with with employers um, or individuals who want to go through this program. Um, and a lot of people, it's an apprenticeship program. So a lot of people come get into the program via their employer um, who sponsors them. Essentially, it's a they take class once once a week um, for several hours with an instructor. It's all online. Um, and there's a wonderful curriculum built around all of kind of the core components of running really healthy projects. So you can kind of learn while you're on the job, you can learn how to do the job better, which is I think most of us just get tossed into this and you kind of stumble through it until you figure it out. 
That's exactly right. And and this is very much, you know, you are working, applying what you're learning as you are learning it. So um, it's I think it's a pretty powerful program. Uh, a lot of people have come out of that program understanding a lot better what they're actually doing on a day-to-day basis. Which is awesome. I mean, I remember when I got started, it, it, it was just like getting beat over the head over and over again until I realized how to, you know, protect, <laughs> protect my emotional base a little bit better. Absolutely. But, it's hard. Um, so you've also got a background in peace and conflict studies. Is that right? Yeah. So the program was Justice, Peace and Conflict Studies, and it had a kind of a heavy focus on mediation um, and alternative justice. So um, the I, I was trained in mediation and certified as a mediator um, and never really officially picked up on that in my career, but have used it endlessly. Well, I would um, say you absolutely have if you're a project manager. That's half the job. It really is. Uh, a lot of those principles I use on a regular basis internally with, with internal teams and and with clients and, you know, third-party vendors, everybody. It's all, it's all about kind of basic principles of mediation apply very directly to everything we do. Cool. That's awesome. And I love the fact that you said you were burned out on event planning and so you switched to project management, which makes no <laughs> sense at all. But whatever. Um, so I'm excited to talk about the next thing. So your, what was your session called in, in Memphis? So, um, my session, I actually changed the name for my session a couple times. Um, my, the latest name was taking stock. How are we doing as educators? Okay. And can you give an overview of that before I start getting all fanboy about the things you had up on the screen? (laughs) Absolutely. So, um, this was really kind of designed to be a workshop and give, people the tools to go back to project managers, the tools to go back to their teams and really understand how well they are doing at educating themselves, their team members about their process, but also mostly focusing on educating their clients or stakeholders, um, whether it's an internal team, an internal client or, you know, an an external facing client, um, educating them in what what it takes to build a website or build a digital product. Um, Because I just, I keep finding that a lot of people don't even realize that they know a lot more than their clients. Um, so yeah, the, the whole project or the whole presentation was really built about taking stock of how well we're doing as educators. Okay. And I think I probably walked in there with some extra baggage because I feel like most project, many project managers at least have some experience of the notion that their clients are idiots. And they're horrible to deal with and all this stuff. And you had that one slide where you were talking about referring to clients as students and the PMs being teachers. And that was the thing where I was like, holy crap. Like, I wish somebody had explained that to me like 20 years ago. Because that that's a very powerful thing. Like, how did you come up with that? Or where did it come from? Well, actually, I, that took a kind of a prominent place in the presentation because I was actually trying to work through the language. I knew a lot of people who were attending were in-house, um, were running a kind of an in-house team, but, and a lot of people were a kind of 50, 50, I think were, were interacting with external clients. So okay. I was struggling with the terminology, um, and realized, you know, across the board, I'm talking to project managers who are really the educators and whoever is on the other end, um, whether it's internal clients, stakeholders, whoever that other person is, um, they are the, they are really the students. And we really, you're right. I think a lot, a lot of project managers get in this habit of villainizing their clients, um, and, you know, referring to them as stupid, getting frustrated when they don't understand what's going on or, or when they misstep. 
And so much of that is simply a matter of them not understanding what the process is in building a website, you know, not understanding their own role in the project or what they should be doing at any given point in time. And that really rests on our shoulders as digital project managers um, or, or our shoulders as um, internal teams. How, how can we do a better job of actually being educators and, and teaching these people we should really be viewing as students? They are in the process of learning about digital projects often. A lot of times our, our um, clients don't, maybe they've never done this before. This is a brand new experience for them. Um, and we just take for granted what we know about the process. Yeah, I think, and I guess for me, I was kind of extending it beyond that. I mean, I have a master's degree in project management and nobody's ever said to me, that your clients are your students. And I mean, I remember when I was doing stuff way like a million years ago before it was called digital, um, you were always having to teach them about like the internet or social media or whatever. And I'm assuming you're still having to do that, but you're also teaching them about project management and teaching them how to ask the right questions to figure out what their problem actually is. You, you bring up a really, really good point. I think when we were more in the early days of, of the internet and we, it was obvious that fewer people knew about the internet or knew about what it took to build a website. Um, I think that that role of educator was, you're right, was more obvious. We knew we had to do that for our clients. And now we kind of, I think as more people um, are versed or are educated a little bit in, in digital um, and all things digital, we take for granted that there still is a lot that people don't know. Um, and I, and that's really where I think that's what I was trying to catch people with is kind of understanding that we still have to be those, those educators, even though the web is becoming much more ubiquitous and, and a lot more people kind of understand at a, at a general level, what a website redesign entails. Yeah. So you've got, I'm looking at your slide deck right now while we're doing the interview and They've got the one slide that says your job is to educate, but then you talk about the job also being to learn and to listen. Um, can you comment on like the listening aspect of it specifically? Like, how is that affecting, or how has it affected your relationship with your customers? I think one of the first one of the first pieces that I really wanted to call out there. I mean, we are educators, and again, I've seen a lot of project managers, myself included, really think that we have to be dictating how a project goes. Um, we really force our own opinion on a project. And what I don't want people to lose sight of, and what I've had to remind myself of over and over again, is that the client, the, our clients, our stakeholders are also experts in their own right. Um, they have a lot to to teach us about process, about um, what they need, about you know end users, et cetera. So that piece of being the being also taking on the role of student sometimes um, and listening, truly listening, is so super crucial. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to make sure that I was balancing that that call to action to be an educator uh, with the call to action to also remember that you are a student at all points in time. Yeah, I think it's it's really important because I mean, we when you're learning project management, you learn all the basic tools. You know, you learn about Gantt charts and schedules and critical path and all that. But there's not a focus on teaching people how to do like active listening or how to just pay attention. I mean, I I think about this in class all the time when I'm teaching. That I learn. I mean, my job, the listening thing is really impactful because I have to listen to what they're saying to help figure out how to change what I'm doing, and. I feel like they're constantly teaching me or offering me lessons if I'm willing to just take a second and breathe and 
actually hear what they're communicating to me about what's going on. Absolutely. Clients will tell you a lot in the, in the kind of quiet in between moments in a conversation. And I think not, not even just explicitly, you know, these are who our users are. We know our users super well, or we know our industry super well, but what I think if you are actually doing active listening, you'll find out from your client what their fears are, (laughs) um, what they do and don't know, what drives them. Um, And I think that piece is so super valuable. That's that soft, I hate the term soft skills, but that kind (laughs) of- That that term is getting a bad rap lately. Everybody's hating on it. (laughs) I I, I need to come up with a better one or we collectively need to come up with a better term. But, um, But yeah, so that's kind of that soft skills stuff that just makes you a super effective project lead. So do you, I mean, because you have this background in conflict and stuff, I'm curious as to, to how you think about this. Cause to me, the listening and, and it's not just the things that to me, the things are saying in between whatever meetings, but it's also listening by watching their body language, listening to inflections in their voice, um, watching their facial expressions, like all of that to me falls under social engineering, but from a conflict perspective, is what, what do you what do you call that when you're trying to help people negotiate? Does it have a term? I don't know. I think you're right. It is it is very much in the realm of social engineering a little bit. Um, it I think of social engineering as the action that you then take based on this act of listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it really does. I, I think in terms, if I'm looking at this from a conflict mediation standpoint, you know, I think part of this active listening piece that I was really talking about in this workshop, um, was not taking things for not, not prescribing causation. Um, when you, when you hear something from a client. So if you're, if a client says we can't do this thing because you know, it it's just not going to work, not taking that at face value, but actually listening to what they're really saying and then using some of that kind of conflict mediation, (laughs) um, those tactics of, getting people to restate what they're saying or asking, asking why asking the actual root question. Um, so again, that's, that's the kind of thing that I use when I'm teaching and, and getting students to kind of really hone in on what their confusion, confusion is or fears are. Yeah. I I think there's, there's another thing and I'm looking at it right now, um, which hopefully we can include a link to the slide deck when it, when it's up on the bureau site, but you talk about how the student or the client is an emotion is an emotional is emotional as an expert friends family and humans and which you you repeated that a couple of times throughout the presentation that i think also is really important to remember cuz it, it on the idea of like vilifying somebody there was a middle manager i used to work with who was like a complete tool i mean the guy was just unbearable and but then i sometimes i would stop and i'd think like I'd be at his desk or whatever, and I'd see pictures of him and his kids. And I'd be like, he's somebody's dad. Like, give the man some credit. Like, you know, he's for other people, he's their hero. Right. In this situation, it might be difficult for me, but I have to remember that that's not all of who this person is. There's more to him than that. Right. I think one tactic I had developed early on with a very difficult client, kind of in this the same vein, was just imagining them as a child, <laughs> what they were yeah. like as a kid, what they might have gone through as a kid to bring them to where they are now. Um, and it was, you know, it's kind of like a, when you're up front in front of a stage, imagining everybody naked. Um, that putting <laughs> Which no that, one should ever do that, no. especially now. No, don't do that. <laughs> I don't recommend. But, um, but yeah, really bringing some kind of some level of humanity, whatever it takes for you to do that with your, with your problematic, um, 
with your problematic clients. But uh, yeah, you're right. I did have that slide on repeat. Your students are emotional experts, friends, family, humans, is that they are, they are driven by something other than just making your life tough, <laughs> which yeah, is, is really easy to, to try to prescribe to people. But yeah, there is yeah, there's I, a real human there. I had a teacher one time, I was complaining about something, which was probably people wearing pajamas in Walmart at four o'clock in the afternoon. But she said to me, she like kind of paused and she said, you have to remember that everyone you meet in your life is doing the very best they can with every moment that they're with you. And that like really struck me. Like I try to remember that when I'm like on the airplane getting angry at somebody who just banged into me or somebody who cuts me off in traffic. Like I don't know what their story is. And it's hard to keep that in mind sometimes when you're frustrated with your job and the way the project's going and the way the interaction with the customer's going. But it is really important. Absolutely. And if you start asking questions and, and really truly listening to people um, and thinking about what is driving their behavior, um, you'll find out really interesting, interesting stuff that you never would have known. Like they never heard, they never looked over the, had an opportunity to look over the scope. So they have no idea what it was in the scope in the first place. And that's why there are so many issues. Or they really thought that they would never have to put so much time in to this project and they have 50 other things to do. Um, and all of that helps problem solve. What can you yeah. do to address that? So it's just something that's very overlooked, I think, in when we get into our day-to-day -day operation. So when you're in a situation where you're working on a project um, and things are like totally off the rails and stuff with the clients going bad or that, you know, they haven't looked at the thing or whatever. Um, you have this, this other point in the presentation where you talk, it just says learn comma teacher exclamation point. How do you kind of recenter yourself and remind yourself that in that moment, your, your job is to learn from them. Like you're their student in that moment when you're all frustrated and irritated. I preach having checklists in front of you at all points in time. I operate off of a basically a big playbook of checklists. Um, and this is one of those moments. I have an I have a number of questions I ask myself, reminders, um, okay. in these moments when I'm at the point where I think maybe we need to do a complete realignment, um, whether it's just a realignment with that one person that we're having an issue with or or on the entire project. Um, I ask myself a number of questions uh, you know, why, why are we at this point? Um, who do, who do I think is driving the conflict? Um, or why are they afraid? Why are they vulnerable? Really trying to humanize them with these questions that I'm asking. Um, and it may be that none of that is true or, or the answer to all of that is who knows, but, um, it at least puts me back in the position of learning something and not prescribing, not, uh, not assigning blame or assigning causation. Do you ever find that when you're asking yourself those questions, you're like, oh, it's me. Mm. I suck. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> no, I think I think a good chunk of it, yeah, absolutely comes back to and this was this was a one of the biggest takeaways I was hoping people would, would get out of this presentation is at the at the end of the day, what could I have done? differently yeah. to teach them. So what could I have brought to their attention earlier? Um, how could I have, how could I have, um, just educated them on what to expect earlier in the process? And it's usually, you're right. It's usually comes back to, Oh, this is really what they needed to hear. But Hey, that's the next time I have a client like that. I know exactly, Oh, I need to tell them this early on. Yeah. I think you're going to keep getting the opportunity to learn the lesson over and over again until you learn kind of how to work through it, you know, so what should you have done or what could you have done? 
um, to make things go better for them. Absolutely. And people are simple, so but they're also really complex and bring a lot to the table. So you'll learn those lessons over and over again in a myriad of ways. But um, but yeah, people are great. I think the other thing that to me is just kind of really striking about this is I know that when I'm teaching, um, if it's a if it's a teacher student relationship, they might be asking me really like questions that in that moment I'm finding to be just horrendously irritating. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen sometimes. And because they're a student, one of the things that I kind of find myself coming back to is to treat them with kindness and to treat them with care because they're trying, like they're excited, they have questions. And yes, they won't let me go pee on a break, but that's because they're they're trying to figure it out. And it, it's, it's hard sometimes to remember to be kind. But I think it, I, I wish that one of the reasons this was such a big deal for me was I wish that I had had that kind of in my back pocket when I was first project managing and I would get frustrated and I would get irritated just to remember to treat people with kindness and to, to care for them, like to protect them as much as possible because they're trying to figure this stuff out. Absolutely. That was, to be honest, in when I, my first introduction into digital project management was um, at the software company. And I really learned, I learned on the job. I had some great mentors and some great teachers, but um, I did not, nobody had ever actually explicitly said this to me that we, that I should, I was a teacher and and that my clients were humans and not that it should have to be said explicitly, but it just, I think it, it does though. It just didn't occur to me, to be honest. Yeah. And, and I went through a long period of time where I was just really frustrated with clients all the time. Um, and it took one time somebody kind of reframing that for me, for me to realize that I just didn't have to be so frustrated. It really yeah. actually alleviated a lot of my tension and frustration in this in this field. Yeah, so I've been doing projects since 1995, and you're the first person that ever told me that I was their teacher. So I am very grateful to you for that lesson. And that, to me, was like, I don't know, it was really cool. Because it doesn't happen too much at conferences where I go in and I'm like, holy shit, that was amazing. And that completely happened for me in your session. So thank you for doing That's that. It's great to hear. Um, if folks want to learn more about you or get in touch with you to kind of with follow-up questions or ask you what the hell GIS actually is... Um, What's the best way for them to reach you? Or if they want to know about bees, wait, we should talk about the bees. If they want to know about bees, they should also contact you. That's right. I love talking about bees. I will do that <laughs> at every point, every chance I get. Um, you can absolutely, you can hit me up, uh, direct message me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is my name. It's Abby, A-B-B-Y, Fretz, F-R-E-T-Z. Okay. And what if they want to learn more about the stuff you're doing for Louder Than 10 or for your other job, which I don't think we mentioned, which is Eastern Standard? That is correct. So um, if they would like to learn about Louder Than 10 and the apprenticeship program, um, you can go to louderthan10.com. Um, and there's a lot of information there um, about the program itself. Um, you can also, if um, you're interested in learning more about Eastern Standard, you can go to easternstandard.com um, and learn more about the digital agency um, that Eastern Standard is in Philadelphia. Okay. And last but not least, if they want to learn more about digital project management or get to know other digital project managers, I'm wondering if perhaps you know of a place they might be able to go to figure out how they could meet other digital project managers in the Philadelphia area. Good call. So <laughs> another thing we forgot about. So I um, am a co-chair of 
DPM Philly, um, which is a digital project management meetup group in the Philadelphia region. Um, And we don't have a website, but we are on meetup.com. And the URL for that is meetup.com slash DPM dash Philly. Cool. All right. This was great. And as soon as um, Brett gets everybody's slides up, I will make sure to include a link to it. But thank you very much for doing this. And thank you again for teaching me something incredibly awesome that I'm angry at every other project management teacher I ever had for not teaching me earlier. Absolutely. Thank you so much. (laughs) This was great. This was cool. Thanks. Thanks.